Network podcast. I'm your host, Brian Craig. I'm the executive director for Influencers Global Ministries here in Bentonville, Arkansas. And through the wonders of technology, uh, I'm going all the way across the ocean to this beautiful paradise called Costa Rica, where I have uh, one of my good brothers and friends, Ken Lander, who's going to be my special guest today. Welcome, Ken. Hey, Brian. It's good to be here. So, so describe uh, where you are in Costa Rica, uh, so people kind of get a feel for it, so they can visualize where you are versus where I am in in Bentonville, Arkansas. <laughs> well, I am sitting at about four thousand feet above sea level on my coffee farm, um, with about a thirty-five mile view to the ocean, and um, sitting here at my desk. And as I usually do, having a video call or a, a I call with you about twice a week. So yeah, yeah, good. you and I talk quite often, Ken. It's, I know we've we've become very entrenched in this ministry together. Yeah, and I, Ken, uh, Ken, and I saw each other last weekend or a couple weekends ago. We were at a uh, a solely business men's conference in Atlanta, but he was leading a group of men virtually through the journey. And since a lot of those guys were from the Atlanta area, he had their second prayer retreat, which is our spiritual gift retreat and he had them come a day early to do that and then he he wanted me and rocky to to kind of meet the guys and be part of it and and that was fun to just just to see the process reproduce once again you know by somebody that took what we gave him and reproduced it and uh and ken's the one who pointed out he said this is really cool because we really have five generations sitting here together and and he was talking about Rocky had passed this process down to me. I passed it down to Ken, who I took through a virtual group, which we'll talk about in a second. And then Ken took a young man through it named Harrison. And then he and Harrison were now taking the next generation through. So five generations of of a journey family tree there, basically, right? Right. All in one place at the same time. Incredible. Yeah. Yeah, it was really inspiring. Well, actually, it was that. you you took me through it. I took David through it. David and I are co-guiding, but Harrison, who I took through a group last year, who's now guiding a group in Atlanta, was there as well. So it was two forks, five generations. <laughs> yeah, even another, another, yeah, another reproduction there. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Yeah. So, um, so I want you guys. Ken's just a guy that I wanted our audience out there, our influencers everywhere, to get to know. I love sharing. I love interviewing Rocky and sharing Rocky's wisdom and everybody loves that. But I also love sharing the stories and the the people that I get to meet in my, my job that I'm so thankful for, um, you know, and get to be an eyewitness to what God's doing. And Ken's one of those guys that's just a, been a gift to this ministry that God's raised up. So, so Ken, I met you um, because there was one, uh, the good, the leaders at Soli wanted some of their leaders to go through the journey because they kept hearing about, what is this journey thing I keep hearing about? Because a lot of the guys that go to their weekend renewal weekends uh, uh, in California started going through the journey and all that. So, so I got to lead a virtual group, and the it was the second year of virtual groups, I think. And uh, this was 2019, so we didn't know there was this little thing called a worldwide pandemic that was coming. But, uh, but you were one of the guys nominated, right, to be in my group. You didn't even well, I didn't, know. I wasn't nominated. I 
I was the one saying I want to be a part of it because so you, we were you've been we hearing were, about it. Yeah, because we were doing Thurley down in Costa Rica, and I was saying, "What's next? What's next after Thurley? What's next for these guys that are walking through it?" And and then I heard this guy named Rocky Fleming on a speakerphone at a leaders conference for Sully, and I'm like, "That's it! I want to be a part of that." And then you called me, and and that's how I got involved in. Okay, and and I was always I was confused because you were in Costa Rica, so I'm expected to see a brown skinned, uh, you know, Tico, and uh, instead it was like, wait, this guy looks pretty American to me. Um, so uh, I was trying to figure out who you were. So did you know Henry Gutierrez at the time when we first did that group? I did. So I met okay. Henry through Ron Froelich out of Bakersfield. Okay. And Henry had met Ron in Plaza de Coca Costa Rica, and that's how we all met initially. Okay, okay. So we better back up and just tell you a little of your story. So you're t- tell them a little about who you are. You're from uh, in 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 Atlanta, right? In Atlanta area. Right. So why don't you just tell I a little of your a, story? Yeah, I grew up a little outside of Atlanta, east of Atlanta, a little town called Monroe, Georgia, right next to Athens, Georgia. And um, I grew up in that town um, pretty much my entire life, and then went off to law school, became a lawyer in Atlanta, was a trial lawyer in Atlanta for 14 years. Um, And then uh, at that time, uh, I was married and I had um, two kids and then we adopted three more kids and we decided to move to Costa Rica. We came down on vacation and we, we thought, well, it's time to slow our lives down. So I sold everything at 38. And nine of the 10 family members decided to move to Costa Rica. And that's how I got to Costa Rica initially, not to be a lawyer anymore. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. And so when I got here, um, I had this big idea that I was going to help missionaries and I was going to live out my faith. And what I found out was, is that, that over a series of incredible events in my life, that actually... I had not even come to my faith in Jesus Christ yet. I had been a cultural Christian for most of my life and had been had checked all the boxes, praise and worship leader in my church. And and God had obviously connected with me, but I had never now speaking journey terms. um, I had never let go of that orphan spirit and I never had really abided with the Lord. And and so that really stunted any kind of growth I had. And so uh, through the series of going to Sully's and, and, and then getting in the journey group, um, that's when, when things started to break loose for me about seven years ago. Mm. So Sully was because of your connections back in Atlanta area. That's how you got connected with that ministry, I guess. Right. That's right. Our, our, our chief operations officer at the time was on the advisory board. Um, and he invited some of the leadership of my company, Thrive Farmers, to come. And my first solely was in August of 2016. And since that time, I think this last one that we were together was my 28th solely in seven years. Mm. So there's been a lot of transformation going on in you. I mean, and 
physically, emotionally, spiritually, and I've heard a lot of your story. Why don't you just tell a little of that story of kind of where you were physically and kind of what, because that is part of your story. We got to tell that a little bit of that. So Sure. So so the, the short part is, is that 2008 for me was a Job year um, for me. Um, I was reading the national newspaper of Costa Rica on November 24th, and there was an article in the paper that says 20th bank to break in the United States. It was about my little bank in Loganville, Georgia. And in that newspaper article in Costa Rica, I realized that I'd lost all of my money and all of my savings in the United States. And so I lost all my money in 2008. And then that same year, my wife of 17 years left me, and I was left with all these kids to raise in Costa Rica. And so in that year, I lost the family as I knew it at that time, and I lost my livelihood. And so it was an incredibly dark and difficult time for me. Um, and then God began to put back into my life a coffee company called Thrive Farmers, which started by us roasting coffee uh, for farmers here in a little community in, in Costa Rica. And that turned into a a company that 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 has grown and 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 really blossomed, and so God brought back my 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 career, and then He brought me a beautiful beautiful wife named Yami Lek, and we've been married now 14 years, um, and and brought my family back together, and I got two more kids through that Yoruba and Juan Diego, and all seemed to be going well, but one problem was is that I weighed 430 pounds. And I found out that I had stage three heart failure in January of 2017 and literally was a week or two away from dying. And um, through a series of incredible events, um, uh, one being a group of men praying over me in February of 2017 for healing, I had a John 5 experience for the Lord. God asked me if I wanted to be healed. And in less than 10 months, um, I was cleared and given a clean bill of health by my cardiologist saying I had no past or present heart problem, and I had lost 201 pounds. So wow. it was a spiritual, so it was, it was the first time in my life, I actually will say now that was when I think I actually gave my heart to Jesus, literally gave my heart to Jesus. My heart was dying physically, emotionally, and spiritually. And he literally healed me physically, emotionally, and spiritually in 2017. And after after that 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 after that experience of and, and part of my story was I started eating plants, and so I, I quit eating meat and anything that came from animals um, as a part of my health. And during that time, I lost 201 pounds. And by the time I got to, to October of that year. And my cardiologist said, I can't see that you have a problem with your heart anymore. I said, can I run my first 5K race? And I did like two or three weeks later. And ever since then, I've been a health nut. Now, I don't look like a health nut. I still look like a portly 56-year-old guy. But if you saw my picture beforehand, it's quite the difference. But really what it was was an external transformation of an incredibly intimate um, feeling of my heart and a beginning of a relationship, a true relationship, abiding relationship with Jesus. Yeah. And you've, and you've been able to work that story into ministering to people and, and helping them understand, you know, how God manifests himself 
physically and spiritually, you know, I mean, you, you, you've been able to use it as a, as a life lesson for so many different things. Cause I've heard you tell that story at a couple of different solely business conferences and, and you, in our journey group. So, so let's talk about the journey. What, so what, why did you want to go through the journey is my first question. And then the second thing is what did that do for you? What gaps did that fill in or what, you know, what holes did that fill in your spiritual understanding? Well, um, for me, solely business is this, I don't even call it a mountaintop experience anymore. I think the way that's the way that's the way we should live life. We should live life like a solely business or a journey group. I mean, I don't think there's mountaintop experiences. I think that we choose to live an abiding, joyful relationship with the Lord, or we don't. And so I what I got from the journey for in the very first time going around was. Wow, I got a lot of work to do. And it's not in terms of doing something. I've got a lot of work to be and not do. Mm. Mm-hmm. And 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 then I started realizing, especially through being involved in men's ministry, um, and being around um men that I consider to be like rocks in the faith, like you, and start realizing, wait a minute, we're all messed up. We all have things mm-hmm. we need to change. We're all trying to find this unattainable thing because we're not willing to let go of the things that we want to control and just allow the Holy Spirit to move. And frankly, I went to that first journey group kind of getting oriented to the idea that uh, the, the biggest takeaway for me was is that that Matthew 28, 19, the Great mm-hmm. Commission, is not a suggestion again. Jesus didn't Jesus didn't say uh you should go out and make disciples if you are a disciple of mine then you need to go make disciples and that was a wake up call for me and I was actually down in the journey group last night uh, a group of guys were starting our well we just finished our first, second retreat so now we're starting expressing right mm-hmm. and I thought about it I said what What's the difference? I'm gonna. Brian's gonna ask me a question tomorrow. What 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 the journey's done for me, and I would say it's this. I don't say no when a man says, "Will you talk to me?" I don't say no when a man says, "Will you disciple me?" And 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 I don't I don't I couldn't even consider the idea of my calendar the way it looked before and the way it looks now. I mean, the idea that I would actually put a weekly call with someone on my calendar. And that would be the most important thing in my life. It just didn't happen before. It didn't happen. Hmm. And, and then I started realizing that, and especially going through expressing right now is right. God just sets up all of these opportunities around us to take care of the sacred responsibilities given us. Most of the time we just blow past them. I mean, how many journey groups have you guided, Brian? where you've had a group of guys or a group of women or couples say, man, my life is so busy right now. Mm-hmm. It's so busy. And what the journey's taught me is this, just, you know what? I don't care if I'm busy. I don't really don't care. I mean, I got a lot to do. I got businesses and we got ministries to run and we have all these things we need to do. But the most important thing needs to be the person that's in front of you right now. Period. Mm. Mm. And that's what I got from the journey. And it's lived itself out. I think I'm in my seventh journey now. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and 
in three years because I got it to a year, one in Spanish and one in English for the first couple of years. And that got to be too much. But but at, at the end of the day, creating opportunities or God creating opportunities in my life to stop and look and say, wait a minute, this person in front of me, I'm not going to go straight to business with them. I'm going to ask them how their heart is. Mm-hmm. And it blows them away when you do that. So, I mean, I'm sitting here right now with Beyond the Inner Chamber and I'm telling the guys, I got to, uh, you know, it's time to read this one. I'm thinking, huh, you know, how many times now have I thought about those lights going out down at the bottom of that city because I chose not to go back up that mountain with another group of guys? Mm-hmm. And that's where mm-hmm. I'm at now. That's how I live yeah. my life. It's incredible, Brian. He creates margin. Upon margin, upon margin, upon margin, when you when you actually decide to live the way that we actually espouse in the journey, he creates more margin you never need to do what you need to do in your life. It's incredible. So it's it's not like it's not like he doesn't make you not busy anymore. I mean, we're all busy, right? But he changes your the things you're busy doing, right? I mean, the things that you were doing before versus now are, are different. It's more right. about investing and, in relationships and people and yeah. And when you do that. God will open a space up so that you actually get your test done as well. Yeah. Right. Um, it's incredible. I mean, it really is incredible. It's, he does it with money, right? I mean, you can't outgive God. So you 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 finally commit your life. Hey, Lord, I'm going to tithe. And you start to tithe. And then you realize I'm not even keeping score anymore with the Lord. When someone needs something, I give it to them. And then he just, he can't, you can't outgive him. He keeps coming. And I think it's the same way with your time. The more you give the Lord of your time your your time and you start really giving in, and I'm not talking about in a busy way, but I'm talking about when he asks you to do something and you're obedient to it, he will open up whatever door it needs to be to make sure the rest of your life is taken care of. It, it's just amazing. Well, and and uh I've been watching The Chosen uh season oh, three yeah. lately, which I I've just been I'm jazzed after watching that, but uh but I'd heard this before that said Jesus was always willing to be interrupted, you know, like he was busy, he was tired, he healing people all day, but he could always make time for one more person who had a need, you know, he just was always willing to be interrupted. Um, well, let's talk about because of you and because you're in this ministry now and you're starting to live it out in your sphere of influence. Um, it's been fun for me to watch where that is, you know, and I mean, cause you're just such an energetic guy and you're just got all sorts of people, you know, and, um, one major thing God used you to do is come alongside Henry Gutierrez in Costa Rica, who God was raising up and God was calling him out of the church and into discipleship ministry. He and his wife, Eugenia, and, uh, God forged a relationship between you two and Ron Froelich. And we formed a little ministry over there. Uh, tell everybody about that real quick. So the name of the ministry is a toda vela, which means full sail in 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 Spanish. So we have a U.S. side called Full Sail Ministries, and then we have the the Costa Rican side, which is a toda vela. And um, I'm a lawyer by trade. Um, people think lawyers like to complicate things, and that's not really true. Sometimes. Lawyers actually see things differently. And I was looking at it and going, you know, look, our foundation for my company is looking for a way to operate in Costa Rica. Influence is looking for a way to operate in Costa Rica. Soli is looking for a way to operate in Costa Rica. Uh, Fellowship of Christian Athletes, a bunch of different ones, a bunch of different ministries, a pastoral support ministry. So how could we 
create an entity that would allow all those beautiful ministries to live inside it and have one physical structure, one legal structure, and all those kind of things. And so we did it. And that was great. That was kind of like a nice way to put it all in one basket. Because we're already working together anyways. I mean, we're doing camps together and we're doing pastoral support ministry and and you know uh, thrives clients are getting involved with things in costa rica obviously influencers with the point of the spear henry at that time it probably had like two three hundred people go through the journey and now it's we're pushing a thousand people going through the journey and we're trying to say well how do we how do we how do we bring this like a buffet of services to a small pastor in a small community in costa rica and 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 teach those pastors that real ministry is outside the four walls of the church, but giving the resources to do it. And and there was born Full Sail Ministries out of a Charles Spurgeon um, uh, sermon where he was talking in I think it's in First Thessalonians two First uh, Thessalonians where he's talking about you know you Thessalonians you get it you got it from the very beginning you know you know you you. We use the 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 word right that we use in the journey. Um, um, help me, Brian. I'm having a, a abiding or what? No, no. The 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 sailing term. Ah, uh, yes, yes. Uh, oh gosh. <laughs> ah, see, there you go. Well, I know, right. I know the the sail, the but full we, sail, the so the right, the yeah, full sail. Right. This idea that that Plaru, Plaru, Plaru. That's it. That's it. Yes. And so this idea that we. We are in this boat together, all these people that love the Lord, and we want to do things uh, for the Lord, but it's him, it's his spirit that moves it. Think of a small little pastor in a small community in Costa Rica or soon-to-be Guatemala, and they're trying to figure out what to do, and a lot of the times they're trying to paddle the boat on their own, and really what, what we what we want to show the pastors is you don't have to do that. You just you have to align your boat and get get the wind of the Holy Spirit and let the energy push it forward. So a tote avail, a full sail is basically silent. No one knows who we are. We don't have a brand. We're not out there trying to do that. But 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 we become an instrument to fill the sail through the Holy Spirit into these these people that we serve. It's this idea, get out of the way and let God move. And that's what mm. we're doing. And, and you know, we're on the board together and, and we've seen it, right? We've seen yeah. incredible things happen. All, I mean, just incredible things happen. And we've only been doing it for two years. Well, yeah, and it's it's spreading from Costa Rica into Guatemala and Nicaragua and, and other invitations. And, and uh, there was a church in Tulsa that uh, some influencers were uh, part of a mission trip for this church. And they were going to Costa Rica. And it was so cool because I, I just connected them with Henry. And Henry joined them for their meetings and was able to speak in their language. And uh, it's just a beautiful thing. Um, and, you know, full circle, Brian, it's going to come back to the United States. And we've got all of our Hispanic brothers and sisters in the U.S. saying, we need to expand this to the Latino community in the United States. When are we going to do solis in Spanish in the United States? When are we going to do more journey groups in Spanish? And, and you know, and so... It's incredible how God just keeps moving. I mean, Henry just got back from a trip to Nicaragua. Where he talked like a hundred pastors in Nicaragua. Two journey groups already started. Uh, yeah, 
unstoppable. Well, and 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 you know, we and we learned along the way that our our translations of the Spanish, every all the books were translated by different people. You know, so it was kind of a hodgepodge of dialects and regional uh, focus and all that. So thanks to you, Ken, you kind of helped us bring it all together, and Henry and a lot of people. But I mean, you were kind of spearheaded at Ken to let's nail this down and get one good solid translation of Spanish. And, and I think we're almost there. We're almost finished. We're about ready to publish our first publish of everything in Spanish in a new clean version of Spanish that everybody could read in any, from any country. Um, And also we're going to print some over in Latin America as well. So, so that's a big exciting thing going on. So, uh, and we've, we've only scratched the surface in the U S like you just said. With Spanish speakers, oh. oh my gosh, we've barely scratched the surface. Well, so. I mean, the United States is the third largest largest Spanish speaking country in the world, native mm. speakers. Mm. <clears throat> and you know, I take my wife, who's Costa Rican, to the U.S. and she goes, "Wow, they they everyone here speaks Spanish." And I'm like, <laughs> "Well, yeah, it, it kind of true, you know." And there's so many people that are that are hungering. I mean, I know because I, I live in a world where I speak a second language, right? And so I hunger when I get into a world where I'm actually praising the Lord in my 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 first language, right? Mm-hmm. I can do it in my second language, but something happens when God creates you to speak English or God creates you to speak Spanish, and you pray in your own language and you study and you speak to people in your own language about the Lord. There's an unlocking that's really really powerful. Yeah, you know my my daughter, my oldest daughter speaks uh, Mandarin, and she's fluent, and uh, works for Sam's Club, and is going to get to use it in her job. But years ago, she was over in China, and she got to go to a house church, and but it was being led by a couple Americans who did not speak Mandarin, and so they were just doing it in English. And you, she, Natalie, was just looking around, and she could tell that people were getting about half of what they were saying. And she realized how much more powerful it would be if she and she didn't have the boldness or she wasn't asked to stand up and speak it in their language. But she could tell it would have made all the difference in the world if it had been in their own language. And that's exactly what you're talking about. You know, the heart language and the the native language. So I think we see that God's going to keep raising up more champions who are going to help us get it into these languages so that we can bless them. They have the same core needs that everybody who's gone through the journey here to four has had, but they just need it in their language so they can, they can receive this gift of this process, you know? So like, like the translation that we're doing right now in Kid Rwanda in, in Rwanda in, in, in East Africa. How cool is it? Like I'm sitting here at my desk today in Costa Rica. I'm having this um, incredible conversation with you. And then right before I get on the call with you, I get, I get a, a, a what's up from Moises, Moses, who's the our Rwandan brother, who's, running the journey groups in, in Rwanda is saying, Hey, I know you're coming to Rwanda for business. Um, when can you come? And it's, it's just amazing to me to see how God's unfolding all this before our very eyes. And, and, uh, mm-hmm. and I'm blown yeah. away. I'm just blown away because you can't like we, I have a, everyone says like my biggest thing. I always tell people, you can't make this stuff up. There's no way you right. can make it up. There's no way. Well, and, and, you know, isn't there an interesting story about, you know, you start helping us with this translation project. Now you're on the international task force team, just helping us oversee this expansion overseas and your coffee, your coffee company is now getting into tea 
and and the, some of those connections are in Rwanda. Is that is that not correct? Yeah, I mean, in, in so our tea, like ninety percent of our tea comes from Rwanda right now, and and <laughs> you just you really can't make this stuff up. And when you have a business excuse to go to Rwanda to do what you need to do over there, and then you realize that two brothers that went through a virtual journey group um, are now starting finishing those up and then that's going to generate two other journey groups or maybe four other journey groups in in Rwanda and they're saying hey how cool would it be if you guys could come over and do a solely someday with us um and you're and you're going how how did how, how did you put all this together and it's of course well I'm god I, I I I can do whatever I want and my timing is perfect mm. and then you get a bunch of passionate people who love the Lord, who took, that was still so cool, I will tell you, how cool was it for to sit next to Rocky on a, on a, on a second retreat in a journey where I had just gone through the journey maybe four years ago, right? And I'm sitting there, and I was trying to get into Rocky's head going, what must you be thinking? I mean, in terms of, how God used him and used you to create a situation where 12 other guys are sitting around with each other around a fire by a lake in Georgia. And, and just the sphere of that influence touches Guatemala, Nicaragua, Costa Rica, Rwanda. Hmm. Where did that happen? Amazing. What? Well, you know, and I, I've I've always thought of the quote that says, "Most of the time, we have to plant seeds of trees of which we will never enjoy the shade." Right. You know, we may never see the fruit. You know, although we will know someday in heaven that we had something to do with something that down the road that if we hadn't been faithful in our part, like you just said, done our part on the mountain or taking people to the mountain. You know, um, but it is an extra blessing when you get to see some of that shade or get to enjoy the fruit and see it. And so for Rocky to be able to see some of the fruits of what he started back, you know, I mean, I'm glad he gets to see that. It blesses my heart when I'm with him and I get to see him blessed by people coming and thanking him and all that. But, you know, you know, Rocky, just like I do, it's not about him. And he and he never takes the glory. He always defers it to the one who created all this. He always does. He ne- it's never been about him is. ever. Always, and that's what makes always. it so beautiful. Yeah. So, well, hey, man, I hope that gives our uh, listeners a little flavor for who's Ken Lander, because uh, you're man, you're a you're a blessing to this ministry. You know, you don't get paid one dime to to serve this ministry, but you do it. You do as much as most people who had a full time job. So uh, thank you, brother, for all you do for us. And uh, you've been a huge blessing in my life personally, too. So love you, man. Well, I love you too, brother. And it's a blessing. And like I like Gabe says in 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 the journey of the inner chamber, I've already been paid. <laughs> I mean, I've been paid well more than whatever, yeah. whatever. I mean, and in my call to everybody who's listening, you know, just keep going. Keep going. It's, it's amazing what God's doing. And we're just at the beginning of it. And we're at a cusp of time where I think God has planted all of us exactly where we need to be because. Times are just going to get tougher and people are just getting hungrier and and more hopeless and they they need something. And this is the time. This is the time, Brian. We're positioned. We're positioned and ready to go because the days are getting darker. You're right. And our light will look even brighter as it keeps going. So, uh, 
Well, uh, thank you so much. Uh, this has been the Influencer Network podcast, and my guest has been Ken Lander. Lives in Costa Rica, but he's always over in the Atlanta area too. He's he's all over the place. You never know we're going to catch that guy. But uh, thank you, Ken. Um, and uh, you know, if you want to learn more about what's going on in Costa Rica uh, or find out anything more, go to our website, influencers.org, or contact me if you'd like to get in contact with Ken about anything. He's very accessible and would love to talk to anybody uh, and help anybody uh, if they have interest in Spanish or any things we've talked about today. So uh, Ken's, Ken's a great guy. So my name is Brian Craig, and I'm executive director for Influencers Global Ministries. Uh, and I'm going to keep encouraging you to abide in Christ and go make disciples. God bless you.